the Republic Broadcasting Network. to Stop the Presses here on the Republic Broadcasting Network. It's 1 p.m. Central Time here in Texas. It's the 24th of January, 2024. So it's a couple of 24s here today. And I'm glad to say that I'm joined again, and it's been a little bit of a hiatus. I'm joined again by Ron Avery. Ron, of course, does his own show, The Search for Lawful Government here at RBN. Uh, how you doing today, Ron? Well, pretty good. Glad to be with you. Yeah, uh, great to hear. Uh, we all had to get over the holiday hump, you might say. Things are sort of getting back to normal. And that's in our basic lives, I mean. But in the political world, of course, the geopolitical world, the economic world, things have not been normal for a very, 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 how many times can I say very long time? <laughs> I'm sure you would concur, Ron. But yes. at any rate, there's so many ways we could go. I'll admit I didn't have a whole lot of time to prepare a specific topic today. Uh, not a lot of glitz and glamour from me today, except to say that uh, the Biden administration is still mishandling the border uh, as well as it always has. And Abbott is playing the patriot, but Governor Abbott of Texas slowly but surely, I think, Ron, is losing credibility. It may be slower than we want. But many people are beginning to see that there seems to be a dynamic, Ron, with the mass media cartel that's more or less in our crosshairs 24-7. The dynamic is this. The Atlantic, for example, or the Washington Post will come out and say that that hardliner, that that uh, scoundrel, Governor Abbott, that, you know, basically hates immigrants and he's he's got Operation Lone Star and he's getting more troops out there. And he's heavy-handed. He doesn't hear their cries for asylum. But what that tends to do, Ron, is it tends to make Abbott look like the patriot. If the mass media cartel doesn't like Abbott, then a lot of Texans think, well, I'm conservative. I like the Constitution. If, if the media hates Abbott, he must be a friend of me. But is it not possible? I'm just posing this question, Ron, and this makes for rich discussion. Is it not possible that that's part of the game, that we, the media, will make Abbott look like the border patriot, will we'll rain calumny on him, but could it be part of a tactic? In other words, the media can protect someone who's not doing what they're supposed to do in a couple different ways, and might not, might not one of those ways be, we'll, we'll rain hell on him, We'll make him look like the Patriot, but in the back channels, behind the scenes, we all know that both parties, including Abbott, are selling us out at the border. 
could the treasury read that read reach that deep ron what's what's your feeling well um Actually, from my experience with actually running for office uh, on three different occasions, I really do believe that people are and office holders. When I I should say office holders, they're ignorant. They come directly from the population. They have no special skills in government. They don't study the principles of government, they don't study political science, the stuff, they, the garbage that they tell you is political science in college is nothing but a modern-day strategy of how to pass bills and do all that in, uh, in, in office when you're in office, how to play the game, how to, uh, you know, uh, work with others, and how to get elected, and it's just garbage. It has nothing to do with what government is, what are its limitations of authority, uh, when is it dissolved, is it ever dissolved. These people flat do not know what to do when they get in a real problem. Uh, yes, certainly that's part of it, and I pose the question somewhat rhetorically. I'm not necessarily saying what I'm saying is altogether true, but uh, those who spend a lot of time at the border who get their hands dirty and, and get their legs wet in the Rio Grande have expressed such sentiments to me, and I simply report them and reflect on them a little bit. But what you're saying is less ambiguous. In other words, what I'm talking about you kind of got to dig at it a little harder. It appears to be true in some respects, but what you're talking about is a constant. Uh, there's a constant level. Uh, there's a never-ending amount, a never-ending flow of people that have the ambition to run for office. They raise the money to run for office. They have everything they need but the principles and the knowledge. That's right. <laughs> to hold the words, office, to actually operate the office. Right. And in Governor Abbott's case and the Texas government, let's just say Texas comprises a little over 1,200 of the 1,900-mile southern border. So Texas is two-thirds of that border that's being breached. Um, with Abbott and the legislature, a lot of times they, they, they put a lot of emphasis where they don't have authority and they don't do enough where they actually have authority. And doing enough where you actually have authority would mean, in this case, shutting down the border to all illegal entries, period. So they, they hold back where they should push forward, and they push forward where they should hold back. And I think some of that stems, stems from the ignorance that you're referring to. Yes. Uh, I mean, it's pretty clear in the U.S. Constitution. I just now you know, finished reading Section 9. It's real short. Uh, I'll read it to you again. It is sure. uh, the migration or importation of such persons as any of the states now existing shall think proper to admit shall not be prohibited by the Congress prior to the year 1808. That's 1808. But a tax or duty may be imposed on such importation, not exceeding $10 for each person. Now, now you've heard from the United States Constitution. 
Now, if you just quickly look at that, it looks like it says prior to 1808, the states had complete control of immigration policy in, in their own state. And after that, Congress could could interfere and do anything they wanted to or want to. But there's a whole lot of static out there. I don't know where Hello. Okay, that's that took care of it. Um, unfortunately, you had to mute mute yourself, uh, Mark. Okay, the. Uh, <clears throat> What it, but it, what it really says when you look at it is this all has to do with importation, not pro, prohibition of new entries. It didn't say the state could not control how many people are, could prevent immigration into their state from foreign countries. It only says they may import, import people as many as they think they want. So what it, what it's really saying is the federal government may interfere with a state uh, after 1808 if their borders remain completely open and there's uh, uh, unregulated immigration. They're not going to have that. So what it says here is that the federal government has no, prior to 1808, had no power to interfere with importation of any state but after that it could it could prevent importation from any state or into any state but it has no power in the constitution to keep the borders of any state wide open where they cannot regulate their own borders it is clear that every state in the union can regulate its own border as to how many people, foreigners, can come into that state. Ron, let let me interject there. That's the U.S. Constitution, correct? That's correct. Please cite the section or article of that. That's very important. Yes, this is Article 1, Section 9. Article 1, Section 9, U.S. Constitution. That is a very rarely cited, practically never quoted part all we hear about is the bill of rights and maybe the 14th amendment and some other sundries and um of course prohibition back in its day that is very interesting because what it says to me and you and i are both very careful of how words are used of how language is constructed and how words are defined what it says to me is that there was never far be it there ever be an expectation. In other words, it would have been crazy in those days to anticipate the federal government advocating wide open borders. It sounds to me like just the opposite. If the states failed and the states allowed unmitigated, unregulated immigration, then the federal government would not only not want open borders, that would be crazy. Rather, the federal government would say to that state, you have to close down or at least close down that border or at least very, very um, gradually let people in. So in other absolutely. words, you got it we, absolutely right. It has no power to hold borders open. It only has power to close borders. So the idea that Biden can have something called a 
And see, there shouldn't even be anything called an immigration policy. The, the, the federal government has no option to create policies regarding immigration. The only thing it can do is prevent too much immigration. It cannot go down to a state and bust its borders open and let more people in. If the state doesn't want it, then the federal government must back them up. They must, they must aid them in, uh, in closing the border. No so option. In other word, so in other words, the state, would, the federal government could do one of two things. Say to the state, hey, Texas, uh, get your resources together and close completely or mostly that border. But the government, the federal government could also say, and I suppose this would involve the states requesting it, we will send material, men and material, financial and other resources up to and including military to make sure that's carried out. That's correct. That's correct. Biden uh, has only he only has authority to go to Texas with a militia raised from multiple states if he wants uh, and to go down there and close that border. But it has no authority whatsoever to cut razor wire to prevent the state of Texas from limiting immigration into the state of Texas, period. Yeah, and that's where, just as a footnote, that's where some of the direct observation of some of uh, my guys on the ground in Eagle Pass, Texas, in Maverick County, they saw where, on the one hand, the media was claiming that Abbott's forces, the DPS and the National Guard, were not cooperating with the Border Patrol and CBP precisely because the feds were cutting the wire. But then upon closer observation, just for the record, my my people on the ground told me that, and I have every reason to believe them, unless proven otherwise, they told me that behind the scenes, Texas was putting on a tough show, eye candy, as one of my sources calls it, but behind the scenes, they were still handing the apprehended illegals back to the feds while posing or putting out the story, the narrative that they and the feds were at loggerheads on this. Uh, that's just for the record. People can take that as they will. Um, some people believe in Abbott. Others don't. But my guys on the ground uh, don't have much faith in him. They see him as compromised at the very least. That being said, what you're talking about, Ron, um, should be echoing through the halls of Congress right now. Talk about ignoring a key provision of the Constitution. I mean, um, this is a key passage in there that no one on the right, on the left, Democrat, Republican, pro-open borders, pro-closed borders, no one is talking about this. That's right. And, you know, they just uh, had this Supreme Court ruling uh, that said that uh, uh, that uh, that uh, Biden could go down there and cut the razor wire. So th this is ruling from the highest court in the land. And what it means is we just don't have lawful government anymore. These these people are not making correct rulings. These rulings are not lawful. They're unconstitutional. 
uh, it's right on its face. Article 1, Section 9 refutes that. It, it, it just says that the, the Supreme Court of the United States is a bunch of maniacs. Well, you know what's interesting on this, uh, referring briefly, we got about four minutes before the first break, <laughs> referring briefly to um, UKcolumn.org, uh, just I want to note an announcement. Uh, I asked listeners, um, of course, to always read republicbroadcasting.org for its many great articles, some of the best on the Internet, but also go to ukcolumn.org and check out my interview with Matt Truella, a Wisconsin professor on the doctrine of the lesser magistrates, which um, is a kind of broadsword against statism. But you can definitely discern how this would fit into this because the upper magistrates in our system, Ron, are failing. And this doctrine basically says that the local governments, of course, that includes the state government, needs to um, interpose and straighten the situation out, stop the evil, uh, correct the problem, whatever it might be. So it's really incumbent upon Governor Abbott, but also on the sheriffs of the 254 counties that comprise Texas. Again, Texas comprises about two-thirds of the southern border. All the sheriffs, especially the border sheriffs, but all the county sheriffs could be and should be, according to that doctrine and just common sense, um, raising, uh, deputizing people, regular citizens who are willing to get involved and sending them down to the border and the federal failure and the state failure to recognize the constitutional passage that you're referring to is all the more reason for county sheriffs, this could really be powerful at the county level, to, to deputize, to create large posses like Sheriff Joe Arpaio did during his heyday. He had a, he had a posse of some 3,800 people from Maricopa County who did everything, including border work. And Joe even owned an army tank that he got from Belgium somehow. Um, but... All that being said, um, it's clear what has to be done. Uh, we can't count on the court. Uh, this is something clear-cut that the court could have ruled on in the way you're talking about, Ron, and they failed to do it. Uh, all the claims that they're such a great conservative court notwithstanding. Uh, so a huge opportunity was missed by the so-called Supreme Court that doesn't even know, that, that acted as if it knows less about the Constitution than just your average patriot. So it's it's a sad day for the court. Yes, and the point the point that should be made by Governor Abbott when he requests he should request aid from the federal government to close the border, uh, and what he's getting instead is interference from the federal government in in uh, Abbott's uh, uh, regulation of a state border. And what uh, what Abbott should should demand, he should actually demand that the federal government he should apply to Congress for aid at the border, and he should demand it and and actually say if I don't get it, this is a declaration of dissolution of the federal government, because it means the federal government is no longer operational. That's an excellent point, and he should not even include Biden in the process. He should go directly to Congress. Biden can really just, you know, I'm sorry, go out in the street and you know what to himself, you know, on this. We'll be right back with more. Stay tuned. Take 
drown in incomplete capacity Strangest of them all When the fear it calls How we drown in stylistic audacity Charge the common ground Consider this Dead people see only what they want to see. And frankly, most of us are still dead. Let me give you the lessons of gold and five easy lessons. Number one, don't buy it because you need to make money. You buy gold because you need to protect the money you already have. Don't ever look at the price as a barrier. Look at it as an incentive. Number three, don't buy its paper pretenders. We talked about that a lot. Buy gold. Buy the real thing in the form of coins and bullion. Fourth, don't fall prey to glitzy television or Facebook ads. Do your due diligence instead. And that's what I try to provide you with and have for 26 and a half years on the air and 30 years in this profession. Fifth, don't allow naysayers to divert your interest. Allow yourself the right to protect your interests as you see fit. Jeff Bennett here. One of the ways you can do that is to contact Kettle Moraine Limited. Contact me by calling or texting me at 602-799-8214. 602-799-8214. You can also email me at KettleMoraineLTD at Cox.net. Let me help you protect your wealth and your family today. Once again, call or text us at 602-799-8214 or visit our website, SierraMadrePreciousMetals.com. Be glad to help you out. Be glad to answer your questions. That's what we're here for. No pressure. Just good, hard, common sense. The decision then becomes up to you. Have you been looking for a trusted long-term storable food company? We have a solution for you. Simply Clean Foods is dedicated to providing the best quality food you can buy next to fresh from a farmer's market. Our line of resealable fruits, vegetables, and meats are suitable for everyday use, and you won't have to worry about throwing away valuable groceries ever again. Our food is completely GMO-free, and our stringent quality controls, plus testing for heavy metals, makes us unique in the storable foods market. Simply Clean Foods' primary focus is to bring clean food to people all around the world and change the way we look at freeze-dried food in our daily cooking. When you purchase from Simply Clean Foods, not only will you be receiving high-quality food, but you will also be supporting veterans in need across the country and those who are affected by natural disasters. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and click on long-term food storage in the rotating sponsors banners to support RBN. Simply Clean Foods. Do it today. And welcome to the next segment of Stop the Presses here on the 24th of January, 2024, 2424. And I'm talking with Ron Avery, my oftentimes um, sidekick, co-host, whatever you want to call him, co-commentator, 
Uh, he's been on hiatus a bit. I have too, to a degree. And uh, check out my most recent broadcast I did with Oliver Haydorn on some interesting uh, monetary reform measures in previous, very recent previous broadcasts. But anyway, Ron, this this constitutional provision and what you just got done saying about Governor Abbott, and of course this could apply to the governor of Arizona, the governor of New Mexico, and heaven forbid, ain't going to happen, the whacked out governor of California, but uh, comprising the rest of the U.S. southern border. Um, certainly you would expect or you would think that this would be a common sense thing for Abbott given his claims of his uh you know, constitutional integrity and things like that. But um, what I would suggest is that listeners of RBN um, get a copy, copy and paste Article 1, Section 9, and add a few personal comments and send them directly to Abbott. His email is at the Texas government website. Um, Even leave a couple calls on his voicemail or through his media people or however it works, uh, his phone answering people, um, hi, I'm so-and-so. Please check out the email I just sent to the governor. So I would call on listeners, deputize listeners, if you will, to send Article 1, Section 9 and your own comments along these lines, if you're so inclined, to Governor Abbott. I'm going to do so, perhaps Ron will. That's his call. But um, the only thing worse than saying, well, if I send it to him, he won't act anyway. The only thing worse than that is not to do anything. Um You never know when a politician, and he's a politician, might do something at least for self-preservation, if no other reason. Um, Maybe he won't do the right thing for the right reason, but maybe he'll do the right thing for the wrong reason. But I'll even take the right thing for the wrong reason, Ron, in this case. (laughs) I know that's kind of ironic to say, but hey, I'll take what I can get, right? (laughs) That's right. Absolutely. At this point. Yes, indeed. Um, um, I don't know if there's anything you want to add, Ron, for a cherry on top. We'll carry this over, of course, into the next segment of the show after the bottom of the hour in Station ID when callers are invited to chime in because that might help facilitate uh, this much-needed process to convey this to Abbott and maybe some of the top legislators at the Texas level. And it wouldn't hurt to share it with your county sheriff, maybe CC him or copy him on this matter in your emails, um, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to do that with the county sheriff where I'm at, and I'm going to get Joe Arpaio in on the conversation and um, get his opinion out there. And um, maybe Joe would have a talk with Governor Abbott or Abbott would have a talk with Joe around. That might be possibly fruitful. What I'm thinking is that um, now this is kind of kind of an oblique angle, just your quick reaction, Ron. Um, when Vivek Ramaswamy, that rather enigmatic character who came out of nowhere, the dark-haired younger guy that ran for the presidential nomination on the Republican ticket. But after uh, Trump had such a strong showing in Iowa, uh, Vivek dropped out. And then with such a strong polling in New Hampshire, DeSantis, the uh, governor of Florida, dropped out. That only leaves Nikki Haley and Trump. And one of the things that came up, maybe we'll have to carry this over, is that when Vivek came to New Hampshire with Trump and addressed the crowd, he used three different terms, deep state, permanent state, and shadow government. In other words, even if he was only playing the crowd, 
it's safe to talk about those things in mainstream conversation, even with the mainstream media's cameras rolling. Um, not too long ago, candidates wouldn't have dared gone there. And so what I'm saying is the climate is changing enough, Ron, where, where maybe maybe Abbott would go there. Maybe he'd say, you know, maybe I should talk to Arpaio. Maybe I should do the right thing, because if I want to keep rising in politics, it's becoming safer to be more outspoken. It's becoming safer to talk about the deep state. Maybe I'm not so politically vulnerable if I get tough at the border. Is this wishful thinking, Ron, or, or does it make some sense? No, I, I like what you're saying. I, I think uh, I think it's going to become obvious to people that uh, the the old way of playing politics, uh, just going along and acting a certain way while doing another thing, is is not going to cut it with with our conditions. And I think what some of these politicians are going to be able to see uh, is that the the whole country is being destroyed. That's really what's happening. And uh, I would like to direct the listeners to two items on my website called lawfulgovernment.com. Then go to lawful government. Then on the left-hand column, go all the way down and click on articles related to lawful government. Then go to 38 and 39, and you'll see two letters uh, concerning the border dissolution policy and uh, Abbott's call for a special session on immigration. Uh, very good, Ron. I hear the music. Well, we'll be right back after Station ID and these messages. Uh, please patronize these our advertisers, and we'll see you on the other side. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website, by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try Hemp Paste for the price of a cup of coffee. HempPaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at RepublicBroadcasting.org and visit HempPaste.com slash RBN. Hello, hello, hello from beautiful Colorado. My name is Samuel Jung Kay, and I am currently the lead Shilajee hunter and master herbalist for Colorado Shilajee Company. In this video series, I will be discussing what we believe is the greatest of all adaptogenic superfoods and the single greatest natural healing remedy gifted to us by Mother Earth. I think you too will become as excited by this incredible substance called Shilajee as we were and are after our discovery of this amazing gift right here in beautiful, colorful Colorado. You may already know Shilaji by other names. Shilajit, Momio, Momi, Mami, Mineral Pitch, Asphaltum, and others. 
Shiroji literally translates to destroyer of weakness and conqueror of mountains. Shiroji has been in use for thousands of years and is considered as the highest valued cure-all of any earthly substance. Look for the gold mountain and medical symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org to watch the full video and see more information. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. Homeowners, are you in foreclosure, expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit, or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for counterclaims in favor of the homeowner. If your mortgage has been sold or assigned since closing the loan, it may be defective and you may be paying the wrong party and the lender may not have standing or the right to foreclose or collect payments under the law. If you would like to know if your mortgage is legal or not, or know if you are paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Email Tom at republicbroadcasting.org. T-O-M at republicbroadcasting.org. Every day we roll from town to town We see another mom and papa just getting shut down And it's the same five stores everywhere we go And it's the same damn music on the radio And welcome to the second half of Stop the Press. This is your host, Mark Anderson, 24 January 2024. And I'm with Ron Avery, who also does the Search for Lawful Government on this network. And he just named a website where you can read some very informative materials about the matters we're discussing today. Um, the principles, the, uh, the planks, you might say, of lawful government, which provide a very... Um, alarming contrast to the unlawful so-called government we have now we have what appears to be a virtually dissolved basically dissolved federal government and the states kind of operate more or less traditionally but they go a million different directions sometimes look at the abortion industry and states that actually are enacting so-called constitutional amendments to enshrine abortion rights in their state constitutions and the media I'll mention this, Ron. We have a caller. We'll get to that caller in just a moment. I noticed this too, Ron, just as an aside at least. I was watching the news the other day, and they were talking on a, let me see, a NBC affiliate, I believe it was, or was it the CBS affiliate? Well, the, the CBS and NBC affiliates are one channel away from each other down here in South Texas, but it was one of the mass media cartel big network affiliates and they were talking about that very thing, how the states believe it's proper to enshrine abortion rights in the Constitution or reproductive rights. And I noticed when I was watching the anchor and then the media representative who was in Washington, D.C., how carefully they parsed their words. They, they had to get their words exactly right reproductive rights enshrined in the Constitution. You could tell they weren't just speaking those words, they were reading them. <laughs> and so it's a very, very much, they're very much handed a script that you have to portray 
the idea that a mother has an unfettered and unmitigated and completely unregulated right. There's no borders here either, right? Here's another area where the borders are wide open. And this is including a moral border, as if there's some unmitigated, completely unregulated, open-ended, unquestionable right to um, take the life of that defenseless preborn child. And that preborn child is afforded no humanity, no personhood, no recognition whatsoever of being a person. And this is enshrined in the media's narrative. They're reading it. They're given the script to say that. And I couldn't help but going off on this slight tangent that there, there too, Ron, there are no borders. Well, also on top of that, one of their favorite tricks is to misname something, another misnomer. Uh, to say that abortion is part of reproductive rights is ridiculous. So what does reproductive rights have to do with abortion? I mean, nobody's telling them they can't have sex. Nobody's telling them they can't get married. Nobody's telling them they can't have five kids. Nobody's telling them they only have to have one kid. They make like this is China or something, like we've set the number of kids they can have. Uh, that is incorrect. Uh, 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 reproductive rights has nothing to do with aborting a child. I mean, that is uh, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's interesting. Exactly. A reproductive right would speak more to you have the right to marry, start a family. The state won't tell you how many kids to have, but the state should not be a uh, uh, agent or provocateur or, or um, uh, in any way a collaborator with arbitrarily taking a human life. So reproductive rights would speak more to you have a right to marry and have a family and have as many kids as you want. The state can't dictate how many you should have, but the state should not be an accessory to murder. And it isn't as if the mother uh, has to get a court order or some sort of um, filtering or regulation to to have a abortion carried out. And it's not like it's limited to only um, medically problematic pregnancies where there are real problems. It's an open-ended thing, on demand, anywhere, anytime, for any reason or no reason at all. So they can't use the argument, well, we're just helping down and out young women. No, that's the sales job. That's what's done to sell the whole industry, that it's the rescuer of women who have gotten themselves in trouble. They're playing those women for fools. They get their tax money. They abort that baby, and that woman is sent packing. And that's the end of it. They're done with her at that point. So this whole we're helping the downtrodden pregnant woman is just a smokescreen for an industry that not only takes the life of the preborn, but although the government really never dug at this the way they should, they sell that tissue whenever they can uh, on the open market. So it is a it is a gruesome um, marketing of um, 
of human parts and human tissue as well. But digressing, it's just another area like the border where there's just a complete lack of regulation and government, instead of stopping the breach of that border, instead lets it be a free-for-all. So in those two areas, it's basically the same absence of proper government, of absence, the absence of lawful government, and look at what happens. Yeah, isn't it amazing that they want borders open and no morality, and then they come along and force you to close your business, either get a, 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 a injection or close your business and close, the, close uh, everything down, uh, stay home, make you stay home. They're not afraid to tell you what to do uh, and, to, and to shut you down. They just don't want to do the right thing. And the media helps them. I'd almost like to ask the listeners, is there anything that anybody hears on the mass media cartel about our governments? Are they doing anything that you like? I mean, anything? Uh, They're not doing anything I like. Nothing. Yeah, it's difficult to find anything. You might find a local government that paves a road you wanted paved, but... Then you have to look at the financing. Did they go into debt years to pave that highway or road? What's what are the details? Anyway, let's um, let's uh, cool our jets just a little and take a couple callers. Uh, we have Harley from Indiana. Are you there, Harley? Yes, I just thought I'd comment real quick that, that uh, this Gretchen creature from uh, Michigan who loves murdering babies, she made an announcement the night before the Iowa. You know, vote that Trump was going to, if he won, he would do away with the right to abortion. So I just thought I'd comment that she had a special news conference, and I figured she was trying to affect the Iowa vote, too. You know? So that's all I want to say. I appreciate that. I'll, I'll comment real briefly. Then we have Dan from Virginia. Um, yeah, they always have to plug that, Harley. One reason is because they keep having to say the right to abortion. Uh, Okay, now, people see it as a medical option. They're in dire straits, they believe, and and sometimes they are. But that that stems from behavior prior to getting pregnant and all that. I won't go into that for now. But they always have to repeat that, that Trump will interfere with the right to abortion. When Samuel Alito overturned Roe v. Wade, and I'm not saying Alito walks on water or his ruling was, was crystal clear and perfect, He did establish historically and on a lawful basis, legally, you might say, that there never was an actual right to abortion. It may be a medical option. It's a very dire one, but it is not a right. Never has been, isn't, and never will be. And it's just that simple because there's another life involved. Now, whether or not you take a COVID jab, you're only talking about you, although the, the idea that they would push the COVID jab even in experimental trials on pregnant women and, and also children as young as six months, the idea that they would push a experimental vaccine of any kind on pregnant women and kids as young as six months is just the epitome of recklessness and evil. Um, it's just unbelievable and, and that people would fall for it. It just shows you how powerful 
the mind-numbing process of the mass media cartel really is to get people to believe such utter nonsense. Uh, it, it's just incredible. I mean, even if you thought the vaccines were helpful in the general sense, six months, really? Pregnant women, really? On, you know? on the vaccine, a friend of mine is about a month from you know, giving birth, and I asked her about that R, whatever it is, vaccine they want to give pregnant mothers. I asked her about it, and she's, oh, yeah, I got it. She said, they basically told me I had to. I go, what do you mean? You know, you're your own woman, aren't you? Well, yeah. Then why'd you take the jab? Well, because they said it was my baby needed it. Uh, one, one more quick comment. You're your own woman. Uh, and when it comes to the abortion industry, they'll they'll protest and, and march in the streets screaming that they're their own woman. Uh, keep your hands off my privates emblazoned on a sign. But suddenly the needle comes along and all of a sudden, oops, they're not their own woman anymore. Like like the drop of a hat. Yes. It's incredible. Anyway, thanks for your call, Harley. Uh, Dan from Virginia. Uh, you folks were talking about the Constitution, and I found that very interesting. Uh, but you leave out one important detail. The Constitution was written for white people. I was born in the early 40s when common sense still ruled here in America. And... Uh, it was automatically assumed that that's who they were talking about, white people. Well, I don't think that's quite correct, because I believe in reality they were talking about black people. No, no, <laughs> the, no, 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 no. I was see, born no, in the early to 40s. Listen to me. Listen, if you, if you right. read, we're talking about Section 9, and it says 18, 1808. Uh -oh, we're getting a whole lot of static again, Mark. There we go. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, it says uh, here that uh, in so uh, prior to 1808, the federal government could prevent uh, uh, too much immigration. Like like uh, they could, they could intervene. You're letting in too many slaves. You're letting in too many black people. Uh, uh, but but they couldn't do it. I'm sorry, they couldn't do it before then. But after 1808, they could interfere and prevent a state from letting in any more people, and they would tax them at $10 a head. I have yeah. a feeling that that really did relate somewhat to slavery because the, some of the states wanted to import more slaves than others, and they yeah. really didn't want that. And that's a you know that's a reasonable thing to think about too. So, but no, so that that just proves that that particular thing wasn't talking about white people. Well, yeah, if you want to get it down to that detail, but no, I'm talking about the the Constitution as a whole. It, it was automatically well, there's nothing in the Constitution that, that says this this relates to white people only. I mean, that's an absurdity. I mean, uh, the no, whole idea, the whole idea of the United States of America was a place where your property would be protected. The, yeah. the creation of the United States was for two purposes: to create religious freedom and to prevent the uh, uh, the uh, uh, the feudal system, 
uh, to prevent property taxation and to and to uh, establish religious freedom. That's the only two purposes. It wasn't anything about blacks, whites, racism, any of that. That's all. If you would have, oh, excuse me, if you would have talked to the framers of the Constitution and and ask them how does this apply to blacks or, or uh, uh, redskins or Chinese, they would have thought you were crazy. Of course not. This is for us. Well, where does it say that? Have you you had a source from any uh, person that created the United States of America that says anything like what you're saying? Well, listen, I've read... I've read so much of American history and the founders and what they've said. I have never in my life run across any such thing as you're saying. Well, I I remember when I was one, two, three years old, there were still men alive. They were very old that fought in the Civil War. And it, it was automatically assumed this was for white people. Not for what, Negroes, what is not for, for white Chinese. people? When you say this, this is for white this people. What is this? The what? Constitution. Uh, you it mean the federal for, for Constitution? Us, we're a white nation. Uh, that's just just not. That's. I'm just sorry. I mean, that that may be what you like to think, and you like you remember something like that. Oh yeah, I remember. I remember hatred of black people. I'm, I, I was born and raised down here in the south. I remember I people throwing people. bottles at them. I mean, but that doesn't mean that con- that's what the country was founded for, Dan. Really? Just because I'm saying it's for white people doesn't mean I hate blacks or I hate. I any know other that, race. and that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just saying that in terms of reality of what the yes. nation was built for in the Constitution, that I have found nowhere that any founder ever said such a thing as you're suggesting. I think the Jewish idea has gotten to your head, and you can't let it loose. What are you talking about, you know, Jewish? Now, what is that? Yes, yes, yes because this country... What does that got to do was a, with the foundation of the United States? It was a refuge for Jews during World War II. It was a refuge. A lot of Jews moved here. And what they did is they turned against us. We went over there and fought Hitler... And when we, we invited those people here, you know, to get away from the pogroms and the, and the, and the, and the anti-Semitism and all that, they turned against us. I'm not sure they were ever for us, and that's a whole other topic, well, and I don't okay. know why we're going Maybe there. But right. anyway, I mean, I, I, I wish I could agree with you, but I find nothing in my history that any of my vast studies that's, that – that backs up what you're saying. I think I'm older than you. I'm I'm in my 80s. I don't care. How old are you? I, I, that wouldn't change what the founders said because they wrote it before you were born. <laughs> yeah, but I'm let telling me, you, me, I was uh, born in I was born in the early 40s when common sense still ruled that here in, a, in that the United States. I think don't oh we don't have a break, do we? I forget that we don't have a break in your show. But yeah, right. I don't. I'm not going to talk about it with you anymore because it, I don't think you're going to change your viewpoint. All right. Thank you, and have a blessed day. Same to you. Let, let me let me just comment real briefly there. Um, 
whatever biases there may have been against the black population in the United States history were, and I hope the listeners still listening, Dan, and I appreciate your call, Dan, but this is free speech a la mode here. Um, whatever the problems may have been, I believe the U.S. constitutional system was actually a portal to straighten out those problems. It's the mass media that has pitted black against white and made us think that we're all completely different races. Um, I'm of the opinion, and I know this isn't popular even in the conservative uh, venues, that there's really just one race of human beings and, and there's just variations within the race. That's my opinion. Uh, that being said, I think it's mainly been the media cartel that has tried to pin bias against blacks on the constitutional founders. Now, they may have had preference for people of European extraction because that's where they came from. That was where the majority came from when they formed the 13 colonies. After all, it was a British colony. Of course, there are mainly people of so-called white extraction. That can't be helped. But I think the constitutional order we have, Ron, has to a large extent, despite the media trying to pit people against one another, that constitutional order has been a a way to um, bring more equality. It took time, and the, there was state governments and state issues and local governments and local issues. It wasn't always a federal matter. Maybe it wasn't largely a federal matter at all, but I think now we've had a black president, and we have many black members of Congress, um, uh, the religious freedom the country was founded on includes many great, tremendous black preachers, um, very dynamic people. And um, I think there's a lot to be uh, commonly proud of there. I think people can find a lot of common ground. The, the, real, the real enemy is, is the mass media cartel and the usurious banking system. And um, so so-called blacks and so-called whites have a common foe. And there's a lot we can unify around, and I think the Constitution has helped, uh, whatever its flaws, has helped um, bring about more equality. Uh, what are your thoughts, Ron? Well, I, I agree with you. I think the mass media cartel uh, has, and many uh, much of the movie industry has tried to create the idea that uh, the founders of the United States were racist, uh, and that the Constitution was written only for white people, not for black people. Uh, and, uh, and there's evidence, of course, that, uh, of slavery in the Constitution and how they were dealing with it at the time. But the colonies did not create slavery. America did not create slavery. Slavery was already in full force all over the world at that time. And uh, to, to say that the, 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 the Constitution created slavery and that's what it was all about is only for white people, that is a concoction to turn some people against others. And, and when you have a small race of people that have conquered the world, that is their thing. They like to create, they like to keep everybody at one another's throats instead of realizing that that they really are all equal and that a lot of this is completely contrived. Yeah, well put, Ron. Uh, yeah, we can start summarizing. Um, yeah, I think that uh, uh, Dan, uh, despite his tough question, and uh, we may or may not agree with what he said, he gave us a good platform there uh, to, to sort this out. And the real slavery 
you know, we talk about chattel slavery, and it was, of course, it was terrible, and, you know, sugar plantations, cotton and whatnot. But not all black slaves were mistreated. Some were just farmhands that were treated every bit as well as migrants from Central America are today, sometimes better. Some blacks uh, were slave owners. Uh, yes. Some, and, some blacks in the South actually owned other slaves. Uh, yes. And they, had, they had farms, and they, they worked the farms with other slaves. I mean, this was not, this was not unheard of. Yeah, I, I went to Monticello, and it showed the terraced farms on Jefferson's land at his old estate there, and the, some of the so-called slave housing was still there. They probably have rebuilt and remodeled it somewhat, but the slave quarters were still there. And it, it, it clearly was not some place where people were beaten or flogged or anything like that. And it's also notable, I know we're running out of time here, that the Irish were also plucked from their homeland and were treated as the so-called Negroes of the European stock. And they were um, uh, discriminate, discriminated against terribly and many of them would get sick on the ship trip overboard aboard the ocean ships. And they, they would just um, they'd get sick and they'd just be thrown overboard to their death. And so thousands of Irish, tens of thousands of Irish were also utilized in labor, slave labor. It wasn't strictly those of African extraction. It's important to know the, the real facts about what went on in those days it was a more complex matter than many of us realize. Uh, the media and, the, and so-called historians just give us this simple, uh, overly simplistic, in fact, account of what happened, making it, it forgive the pun, making, making the whole matter more black and white than it really was. But, Ron, thanks for your input, especially on um, Article 1, Section 9, that is, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, very, that's a very clarifying thing. And I appreciate the callers. Um, spread the word with others to listen to republicbroadcasting.org, all the different hosts, and call in, read the fine articles, patronize the advertisers. Um, I do Monday reports, kind of a television international report every Monday at ukcolumn.org. Check those out uh, live to see them live at 7 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Excuse me, 7 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Eastern. 1 p.m. local time, but all those things automatically archive when they're done. And um, also look for some uh, new articles uh, from me pretty soon on Republic Broadcasting. I want to get more articles posted that relate to the shows we do, and we can put links in there. But Ron, thanks for being with me today. You're welcome. Okay, everybody be well. Stay tuned for the next show here on RBN. And I'm your host, Mark Anderson, here at Stop the Presses. Every Wednesday, we'll see you next time. My name is John, I'm the founder of Blackout Coffee, and I started uh, Blackout because I really love coffee. I've always loved coffee, and after traveling so much to Europe, South America, and trying so many different coffees that were so good, and uh, every time I came back uh, to the U.S., I was so disappointed with the coffee, so I figured that I had to do something about it. The biggest difference is really is on the beans and the roasting process, how we roast it. 
and I'll freshen it. The fresher the roast, the better the quality. Here I have like all, all of the coffee. It's roasted within one to two days prior to being shipped. So it literally gets to consumers' house within three to five days after being roasted. If you like coffee, you have to try ours. It's fresh roasted. It's one of the best beans that we can get. And you will definitely see the difference. Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's REPUB10. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network.